Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It's a special week for the Sports Talker because it's Derby Week, which is uh, one of the most exciting times of the year in Louisville, in the Commonwealth. So it should be a fun week. We will talk a little horse racing throughout the week as we get ready for the run for the Roses. But there's plenty more to talk about besides horses. I spent the majority of the weekend at the Nike EYBL in Lexington watching some of the potentially future cats, maybe a few future cards, and certainly a lot of future NBA players without a doubt. Nike was in Lexington. Under Armour and Louisville and Adidas in Indianapolis. So really the future of the NBA in the next decade, two decades, all within three hours of each other. So it was fun watching that. Uh, we'll talk about it. We've got Brandon Ingram deciding his college choice today. Uh, he's between a lot of schools, but it seems to be Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and UNC, the ones most often mentioned uh, I would be surprised with any other choice besides Duke, which is a shame for Kentucky because Brandon Ingram is exactly what Kentucky needed. We'll talk a little bit more about his choice. Check Diallo, who was supposed to announce last week, Monday at the latest. Well, it's Monday, no decision. I'm being told now that the decision will come this week, maybe as soon as tomorrow, uh, possibly in the next few days. Jalen Brown, nobody knows what's going on there. So we'll talk plenty of recruiting. Trevor, how are you? I'm good, thank you for asking, TJ. Did you have yourself a nice little weekend? Uh, wasn't too bad. Watched some uh, NBA on Saturday, watched some NBA on Sunday. Had a little Red Lobster for dinner last night. Got to watch some wrestling pay-per-view. It was, all in all, a pretty good weekend. How many cheesy biscuits did you throw back? Uh, four. Four? Yes, along with uh, a little salmon, some uh, stuffed flounder, and let's not forget those sweet chili-covered shrimp. How many, if you were hungry? I was hungry and, yesterday. Well, if, if you were hungry and you were in a cheddar biscuit eating contest at Red Lobster, how many could you eat? Is there a time limit on this or am I just uh, free to go at my own pace? Uh, you've got an hour. Oh, an hour? Uh, probably no more than seven or eight maybe in an hour. You can only eat seven or eight cheesy biscuits in an hour. I, well, you can only eat so much bread before you, you get full without realizing that you haven't eaten that much. But cheesy biscuits kind of melt in your mouth. You could eat. I I could eat, and this is if I just didn't care about health, wasn't you know, which I don't. Didn't didn't care about appearances. I bet I in one hour, I bet I could eat twenty five cheesy biscuits. I bet you can't. I bet I could. I'll put. I'll put five. I'll put. I'll put you at ten to one that you can't do that. I in one hour I could eat twenty five cheesy biscuits because I could, I could do ten off the bat just like that. I, I just, could, I've been. I I've do done some eating contests where bread was involved and it it doesn't. You don't realize it until you start stuffing that halfway down what you thought you could eat down down your down your throat that you can't eat that much bread. I could eat probably ten in ten minutes. And then I'd have 50 minutes to somehow squeak in 15. That'd be a piece of cake. <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to buy you 25 cheesy biscuits and take you to Red Lobster to see if you can do that in an hour. Hope the, hope it, the server doesn't mind that we're going to be at the table for at least one hour, though. 
an hour's not that long to be out. That's true. That's not that's not what they call we call camping in the server industry. So there's there's a hundred and fifty calories though in one cheesy biscuit. Oh really? That's what your concern is? Your concern is the calorie amount? Come on, Diva. I, I know you need to get fit looking for the uh, the nice looking girlfriend, but you don't need to. You you can you can you can take a couple calories. You can you can take one for the team. I that's what would that be? Thirty seven hundred calories? A little more than thirty seven hundred calories? Do I look like somebody who counts calories? Well, I'm not. Well, not. But you know, I I would worry. I, I wouldn't want to get a heart attack while eating the cheesy biscuits. You heard about the guy that went to the hospital because of it, right? No, I, I did not see that. That not said story. I, I need to. I need to look it up. At least that's uh, a good. If you were if you were going to die eating one food, what would it be? I don't like. And so you'd have to eat a ton. All right, here. Listen. Listen to this, Trevor. Uh, a man was in a coma after eating how many red lobster cheesy biscuits? Do you think he ate in a coma? I'm assuming his lifestyle was not that one of excellence of going into the evening. But I'll say uh, I'll say he ate thirty. Now, and some people have disputed this report on whether or not it's true or not, but yeah, a man was said to go into a coma after eating 413 Red Lobster biscuits. Yeah, they added an extra zero, an extra number on there somewhere. No, I mean, I remember this story. It, it, That's like the attendance at a Louisville baseball game being like 1,400 or something when you see like six people in the crowd. Louisville and Kentucky baseball play each other tomorrow night after a rescheduled rain delay, so we will... There'll be more than six people at that game, I promise you, though. Well, well, we'll maybe talk a little bit about that tomorrow. I could easily do 25 in an hour, but but enough about that. We'll, we'll have to, I'll put, have to put my cheesy biscuit where my mouth is at some point to show that I could actually do it. It's clever, by the way, you put that, by the way. That's so Brun, DMC, Brun DMC said if he was going to eat die eating one food, it would be Ben & Jerry's Americone Dream. Ben & Jerry's, I'm on my path to dying to eating Ben & Jerry's probably. Although I'm not familiar with with that specific ice cream, uh, I, if really if I had if I died eating one food, it would just be all the fried foods in the world and just uh, so much ketchup, Trevor. You wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. You ketchup? Are you a mustard? Are you a ketchup guy or just a ketchup? Oh no, guy? I hate I hate mustard. I despise uh, it. I am a huge ketchup guy. Uh, we were, we had a little get together at the at the new house uh, about a week ago. And one of my friends, who was incredibly and in, likely intoxicated at the time, wanted to do a prank on me, but he wanted to do something that he knew would make me really upset. So I've got, of course, the ginormous ketchup bottles, the biggest ones they make. And he just grabbed a plate out of my cabinet and filled up the plate halfway with the ketchup bottle. Half the ketchup bottle on the plate, better said. Do you put ketchup on everything? Are you? I mean, is there anything? What? What's the one combination of ketchup and what would make you actually disgusted? Mm, anything fried, I'll eat it on. Uh, I eat it on cheese, like mozzarella cheese sticks. I have ketchup. Uh, pretty much, I don't know if there's a fried food that I don't use it on. I'm surprised you're not bigger Steelers fan, being the fact they play in Heinz Field. That's true. That's a good point. Run DMT says that my child will be baptized in ketchup. I'd be okay with that. I don't see an issue with that. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I, that would that would that would be uh, that'd be interesting. And if as long as I had unlimited French fries or something, I would be okay with it. Um, so there was there was some NBA action last night, and I watched the the Cavs Celtics game. Trevor, did you get a chance to watch that? 
I had no desire to watch that in, in, in any point from game one through four because that series was over two weeks before it began. It was. It was kind of fun to watch it, though, just because the Celtics are not a very talented NBA team. Uh, you could maybe make a case it was one of the least talented teams to ever make the NBA playoffs. But it was kind of fun to watch them play because you you knew they weren't that good, but they they were kind of playing for Brad Stevens. They you know they had a lot of chemistry with one another, seemed to really like one another, and uh, true underdogs. They were never going to win this series by any stretch of the imagination. They might not have won the war, but they won a few battles in terms of uh, affecting the Cavs more than they may or could have without actually beating them. Exactly, uh, and that game last night yesterday was incredibly physical. Uh, what did you make of Kevin Love getting his shoulder dislocated by Kelly Olynyk, uh, and then saying that it was on purpose? I, I couldn't tell if it was on purpose. I mean, because I watched it. I was, as I said, I wasn't watching the game. I actually watching that game at the time, and I watched. I took. I watched the little replays on, that people put on their websites and and so on and so forth. And most of it was in slow motion on the replays, and I couldn't tell it to be really dirty. It looked like just two guys really kind of going for. The basketball, maybe whether they should have been going that hard for the basketball at that point in the game or that point in the series is irrelevant, but that's what it looked like to me. Now, the J.R. Smith was dirty, the Kendrick Perkins was pretty dirty, and those two should be and will be punished for it. But Olnick, just, I, maybe maybe I was just looking at it wrong. Maybe I, I watched it in full speed. It looked different to me, but in the slow motions, it did not look like it was as much a dirty play as Kevin Love has kind of cried about since. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was dirty. Uh, I thought it was... A play that could happen, uh, not any time, but it could happen in a basketball game and nobody really bat an eye at. Uh, you're right about the J.R. Smith one. I'm curious to see what, given his history, what they decide to do there. Uh, but also they're going to be without Kevin Love until at least game four of the Eastern Conference semifinals. They're probably likely going to play the Bulls, assuming that the Bulls can close out the Bucks. Uh, but that will uh, could make it for a more interesting series. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll talk more NBA. Are you familiar what's going on in Baltimore right now, Trevor? Uh, is it something sports related? It is not. Then no. This it, it, and we're here on I guess 15 minutes into the show, and the only sports we've really talked about is the NBA, and we've talked about cheesy biscuits, ketchup, and now we're going to hey, talk about you. You brought these. up the the AAU camps this weekend. You can bring up how Seventh Woods supposedly looked really good. I heard. Well, he was playing, I think, in in Louisville, so I didn't see Seventh Woods play. Oh, okay. I assumed that he was in Louisville. You would have been there. My bad. No, uh, and he's down to supposedly South Carolina, North Carolina, so it doesn't really have to do much with with anything here. Uh, but in Baltimore, there are standoffs going off between protesters, violent protesters, and the police. And uh, while, while you're listening to the sports talker, try to get your TV over to CNN because this stuff is crazy. They're, Trevor, they're just showing people throwing rocks at the police. For what, what are they protesting? Now, there's been a few different things. Supposedly, the protest started as a protest for Freddie Gray, who was a Baltimore man who was arrested uh, and then died of spinal injuries while being held by the police. And the theory is that it was police brutality that led to his death. He's 25 years old and maybe was body slammed or something along those lines and died to back injuries. So the belief is that they were protesting his death. Uh, There's also reports that a high school, it was their last day of high school in Baltimore, and they had a purge planned 
which I'm sure you're familiar with the movie The Purge, where there are no rules and people become incredibly violent. I think Louisville had a purge yes. that ended up not turning out to be anything. Uh, there, so also maybe this was a day of a scheduled purge, and these high school kids actually took it seriously. Uh, but a few cops have been injured. They're throwing rocks. They're throwing bricks. Uh, and it's really, there is just like a standoff line of police and then the protesters. Uh, this is getting a little out of control with, with how common these violent protests have been happening as of late. I'm not defending uh, police brutality because I think there, there are pure examples of police officers who take advantage of what they do. But they're also ones who may be punished for going beyond what they should have done because they're used to having stuff thrown at them and their lives in danger. An example of what you just described in Baltimore, cops standing, possibly just doing their own job and having bricks thrown at them. Why do you we, think they may quickly react when something happens to an innocent man? Yeah, it, it's, you know, there's, there's no winner in these situations and no. what happened in Ferguson and, and this and that. And, and you can almost make a case that everybody's can seemingly be in the right and everybody can seemingly be in the wrong. Uh, for how these things go down, but it's—I could spend probably a whole radio show talking about this, and, and this the sports talker is probably not the platform. Uh, but it's—it's it's concerning how how far these protests have gone and how violent they've become um, in in several different American cities. Now it does make you almost seem like there's a a threat of a some semi-small revolution or something brewing, Trevor. Am I, am I the one that misses the irony and protesters are becoming violent to protest nonviolence? Yeah, I agree with you there. Okay. I, I, I don't know if I was the only one that picked up on that or not. And I and I, I think a lot of it is it, the, the message of what is, they're being what is being protested is lost somewhere along the line of it just being almost fun for some of these people just to to, to, to loot just to, to loot to have an excuse to loot type thing to, to fight back to just have uh, a a situation where there there are no repercussions for what they do. They can break a window and nobody's going to get mad at them. Uh, there are some people here that have a true beef and should be upset. Again, I don't think violence is ever the answer, but I do think some people just follow along with the crowd and just go, okay, well, if we're allowed to steal this, then I'm going to steal this. If we're allowed to throw this at that and not get in trouble for it, then why wouldn't I do it? Because when am I going to have another chance to do it? And then it kind of spirals out of control. Well, you put it that way, TJ, I say we go. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it is a scary situation in Baltimore. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Brun DMC says that Crowder's knee diagnosis is sprain and bone bruise. Uh, won't need surgery, just rest and rehab. Uh, he also thinks that J.R. Smith and Perkins are punks. I wouldn't disagree with that based on what you saw. I don't think you needed to see that to realize that as well. I think track history kind of proves itself on those two. Perkins probably won't get suspended for his... He, he should get fined, maybe, but not suspended. J.R. Smith probably deserves, especially with his track record being more so than Perkins, probably because he gets to play more than Perkins this year. But uh, he should probably sit out one game for his uh, little throwing of the punch at Jay Crowder. I think it should probably be more than that, just given his background. If it had just been a frustration moment and he doesn't have a history before, uh, that would – I would agree with you. But, you know, he's, he's kind of been a hothead uh, in his, his whole basketball career. But here's the thing. I don't necessarily – and, and we're going to have plenty of time to talk NBA playoffs because it goes on till September, so we'll talk more about it. Not the way but, the first rounds are cleaned up. Man. These are all that's, sweeps. That's true. You're right about that. Uh, but do, do they have set dates when they can start the next rounds? Because I know the finals are a set date. I, I want to say they do. So, if, and I guess for the NBA's, I guess if they want to be lucky about things, 
at least the Spurs and Clippers may go beyond uh, five games while the rest of the series are going to be five and under. Oh, I guess you would have to wait. I don't know. Can you start a uh, a Memphis and Golden State second-round series before the first round between Clippers and Spurs finishes? I don't know if you can. You can't on the video game world. I don't, I don't think that they do. I do think that they did. I remember one time there was a series that was starting the same day as a Game 7 of another series, so it didn't really officially count as one series starting before another ended. But I think there was one where one a, a new round was starting the same day, another round was finishing. Um, but I, the thing for the Cavs is even if you don't have J.R. Smith for a few games and you don't have Kevin Love for a few games, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to give LeBron more shots, and I think that's been the case his entire career, uh, at least after his first three or four years. But uh, letting him have the ball in his hands more and having to kind of take over games, that's not the worst thing in the world. No, J.R. Smith is kind of – I don't think you lose as much. You lose a little bit, obviously, with his perimeter defense, which is effective, but his his offensive game can be easily replaced because it's so streaky. Love, though, can hurt you, especially in the, in the Chicago matchup where – his ability to stretch the four out when you're looking at a Chicago team that has can put a Joe Kim Noah and a, and a Paul Gasol down on the low block and kind of clog that lane to prevent LeBron from being able to go freely in the lane like he wants to and not have to set up for jump shots, which is what Cleveland doesn't want. That does kind of hurt him a little bit because if you put Tristan Thompson out there as his replacement, he can't be as much of a threat to pull people out beyond that lane like a Kevin Love could. That's true. Those are all good points. We have the the – the Nets hosting the Hawks, Chicago looking to close out the Bucks, Portland and Memphis later tonight. So three good games on your Monday night. We're going to head to commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to talk all things basketball recruiting, all things Nike UIBL uh, here after the break and, and make some recruiting predictions. So you won't want to miss that. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. And we're going to also have a guest, but that's not until 4, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, the guest we will be talking a little more for it's four thirty. What's four o'clock? It's past four o'clock now. DJ. I mean, I meant five. I meant five. <laughs> the thing I was reading, I, I thought said five, but is it four thirty? Yeah, he's about. He's at four thirty. Okay, so then we'll do that. We're going to talk a little, uh, a little horse racing with Ed DeRosa of uh, TwinSpires dot com. And you got too much cheesy biscuit on your mind. You're right. I, I, I really thought he was coming on at five, but that's fine. That's fine. We're going to do a little horse racing talk, and then we'll do, uh, and then we'll get to all things basketball recruiting. I've got a lot on my mind from the Nike EYBL. Saw a lot of coaches, some some fun stories. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. We've had some fun. Yes, we've had our ups. going on oh uh i just thought maybe i could crash here tonight that's all right marissa's going through some some personal stuff and personal stuff like you uh running through the neighborhood drunk and naked that and, and uh some other stuff welcome back to the sports talker with tj walker presented by Allen electric we're back to the second segment 1450 sports buzz uh, it's 
Kentucky Derby time. It's Derby week. So we're going to have on Ed DeRosa here in a moment, and we're going to talk a little bit about the 2015 Kentucky Derby, the 141st run for the Roses. That should be beautiful weather all week, and I can't remember a Derby week that will be better than this week is forecasted, and even Derby and Oaks Day. I don't know if I can remember two better days. I think last year's Derby was solid if i'm not mistaken uh but i know years before that it would either rain or be way too hot i think that's going to be a high of maybe 80 on saturday high of maybe 75 on friday so weather will be perfect and all week i might have to find myself uh, get down to the chow wagon and and get a nice turkey leg uh hannah texted into the show and said that she's hungry for cheesy biscuits I've had a few people tell me that now they can't stop thinking about cheesy biscuits. Uh, it is it is just a delicious food. That being said, you know what the cheesy biscuit is of electrical work? That's Allen Electric, who is the who, who's uh, a big big sponsor of the Sports Talker. Uh, they do a fantastic a fantastic fantastic job uh, with work in Louisville and Southern Indiana. Uh, they're residential. They've got license. They they do anything you need them to do that, that involves electric work, and they're and they're quick to get out to your house too. So if you've got a problem, you call them. They'll get out there uh, as soon as possible. Uh, happy to have Allen Electric on board with fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. Uh, so I, I I wonder if they maybe will put that into their advertising campaign that they are the uh, the. Red Lobster of Cheesy Biscuits, and I'm watching this Baltimore stuff, and it's uh, truly just insane. There were, there were 50 people just demolishing a cop car. No cop was in it, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, they were kicked in all the windows, and then finally the cops just showed up on a squad car and uh, arrested one guy, but everybody else got away now so we'll keep the 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 situation in baltimore monitored right now we're going to go to a, a happier subject and that is horse racing the kentucky derby and um, we do have ed DeRosa on from twin spires ed how are you doing well uh excited derby week is finally here it is finally here kind of feels like at least for me and and this show is in louisville and maybe some people disagree with me it, it snuck up on us this year it didn't seem like there was the long drawn out wait to get here uh, and maybe that's because this field of horses, kind of, at least the favorites, kind of cruise. They they have all been very impressive uh, in some of their their warm ups for the Derby. But now that we're here at Derby Week, what are some of the storylines you're going to look for this week leading up to the big race on Saturday? Well, that's absolutely, uh, Bob Baffert. Uh, you know, he's holding, people are saying, his aces, uh, without a doubt, pocket aces in this group. And as good a group as it is, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to, to find anyone who would say his pair uh, isn't among the, the top three or four in the whole field. Uh, American Pharaoh was champion two-year-old last year. He's won both his races this year. He's going to be the race favorite. And Dortmund is the other of the two. He's undefeated. He has a win at Churchill. Uh, and... He won his grade one prep at the Santa Anita Derby. So, uh, for me, uh, Bob Baffert, who seems to always be a story derby week, but especially so uh, this week, in all my years of covering the race, I can't remember when a favorite has had 
this good of, of a pair in the race. And that kind of brings me to my next point. These are the two favorites. My buddy and I, over the weekend, we went to Downs After Dark on Saturday night, the first night of, uh, of racing at Churchill Downs. It was an uh, extremely sloppy track, but we... We made a little friendly wager. He has American Pharaoh. I've got Dorman. And if the field wins, then we both lose out. It's a wash. Uh, who do you like in that bet? My buddy, me, or the field? Who has American Pharaoh? My buddy, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would say it's unfortunate. He He's who I prefer. Uh, you know, he was champion last year, as I mentioned. And even though he, he missed the Breeders' Cup, uh, had some issues, which normally I don't like, but it was far enough away from the Derby that I said, look, if he comes back, doesn't turn a hair, hits all the marks, wins his races, uh, I'm still going to view him as the best of this group. And that's what's happened to date. Still has to get the job done on Saturday, but I, I do prefer him to a stable mate. And it'll be, it'll be interesting. If, if in the Derby, it, it it seems like crazy things happen and all these horses obviously have a plan and the jockeys have a plan of what they're going to be looking out for come race time. Uh, and that plan usually seems to go away as soon as the gates open up. <laughs> Dor Dorman is huge. I don't know if I can remember ever seeing a horse that looks that big. I'm not even sure that he's actually a horse. He seems like other, some other species. Uh, tell me a little bit about the power behind, again, one of the biggest horses that I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not uh, one who's usually too much into the horse flash. Uh, you know, as a horse player, I'm like the numbers and handicapping and such, but it, it's impossible not to recognize uh, the imposing figure that is Dortmund. And, you know, you'll hear some people say that uh, Churchill Downs' configuration isn't uh, suitable to a horse of his size. Uh, I think that's going to be a popular talking point this week, and it, it's not one I'm buying uh, he just has the misfortune of uh, being born in the same year as American Pharaoh, and maybe we won't be saying that after Saturday's race, but any almost any other year, this horse would be the favorite, uh, without a doubt. Uh, so to me, uh, that power, that that's a good uh, description. Uh, similar to American Pharaoh, even though they're very different sizes, Dortmund just asserts himself early and does what he wants. He's won on the lead. He's won off the lead. Uh, you know, he won his first career start, which to me is, is a big feather in any horse's cap to win at that level in Southern California. So uh, any other year, he would be the favorite, and I couldn't argue with anyone who made him his pick. But uh, this year, there just happens to be one down the shed row from him. And we're talking with Ed DeRosa of Twinspires.com. And I, and I know you're an Indians fan, so you know a thing or two about droughts. Everybody in Louisville wants to see a Triple Crown winner. We want to see what it would be uh, probably celebrated just as much as maybe one of our teams, Kentucky or Louisville, winning a college basketball, a huge game in college basketball. Uh, it seems like with such a, a deep field and certainly with two great horses in Dortmund American Pharaoh, this may not be the year for it unless one of these two horses is uh, drastically better than the other. What are the chances that we, that, that drought could end this year? Uh, you know, it's, um, it's always dubious to talk Triple Crown, especially before we get through the Derby. But, you know, to be honest, uh, this is a group where I think is so talented. The, the biggest negative, uh, to winning the Triple Crown is they'll have to beat each other three times in a row. Uh, I thought one of the best things Big Brown had going for him was it was one of the weakest crops I can remember, period. 
uh, whereas four years earlier, Smarty Jones had the misfortune of having to run against uh, Birdstone in the Belmont, who was a grade one winner at two, Rock Hard 10, Eddington, who went on to win big grade one races, several other good horses. Uh, and that seems to be the situation this year is, you know, if an American Pharaoh wins, he might have Dortmund waiting for him in the Belmont or Carpe Diem or Frosted and, uh, you know, same with any of those other horses. So I, I'm actually, there's a bet in Vegas, seven to one on a triple crown winner. If I lived there, I'd take the bet. Really? Interesting. Yep. Uh, that, it, that's, oh, I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. And of course, like you said, we'll get a much better idea of how realistic and how probable it could, it could be, uh, after we see who actually wins the Derby. And again, the winning the Derby is, uh, no easy, easy task when you have that many horses in the field and, and, and the moment with all the fans, 150,000 fans watching, 130,000 fans watching and, and, uh, everything again, kind of gets thrown out the window. Tell me a little bit about TwinSpires.com and, and what you all have set up this week for, for Derby and, and uh, all, the, all the great races at Churchill Downs. Yeah, the, the biggest thing we're excited about is uh, our, our app launched about a month ago. Uh, and great timing, uh, obviously, uh, especially Kentucky Oaks is on a Friday. People still on the go, getting ready for their Derby parties, et cetera, and maybe even heading out to the track. Uh, but the app's a great way to, to stay in touch with the action you can deposit with hopefully withdraw if you have a good day, uh, make all your bets, watch video, et cetera, uh, from it. Super convenient. So encourage people who want to stay in touch with all the, the racing and betting opportunities that are flush on uh, Oaks and Derby Days at Churchill. Uh, download the app and not only get ready for Friday and Saturday, but also uh, I would take the time now and go ahead and deposit and just get your account uh, squared away, one less thing to worry about no matter what you're doing on Friday and Saturday and focus on having fun and winning money. And Ed, you'll be happy to hear that I've already downloaded it because I have been out. I, I don't go as media. I go as just a spectator and as a fan, and I've been out in the infield. I've been in the paddock, and it is hard to make a bet out there with how long the lines are. Uh, you, you either have to make all your bets pretty much at once or you get a you, you, you can't get the bets in because you don't have enough time. So uh, that's a good idea to download that app and um, makes makes Derby Day and even Oaks Day much easier and a better experience for yeah, the fans and those looking to put the money on I horses. Have to give, uh, I have to give kudos to Churchill. Last year they brought in some boosters uh, for AT&T and Verizon. Huge difference. I was actually on 4G more than I was the wireless out there. So uh, hopefully it will be the same. They say it is. And you can definitely head out there with confidence, uh, text your friends, get their picks, uh, bet your own, whatever. But uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing uh, the reception of the app with uh, all Churchill has in store for on track. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying don't go into the Derby if you don't have a chance to, but with that big screen, I know a lot of people that have also kind of hung out outside uh, with this <laughs> app. You'll be able. It'd be like just like being in there uh, without the drink lines and the and the betting lines. Uh, before we let you go, Ed, give me. And this is just kind of a, a you know, I, I'm asking this because I'm curious myself as somebody that's covered horse racing for as long as you have. Who, who's your favorite Derby winner and, and why? Uh, for me, it's uh, '98 and real quiet. Uh, that was the year I turned 18. So a buddy of mine from college, we went uh, to Beulah Park, which is near Columbus. And, or it's no longer there, period. But anyway, uh, that was the first year I was 18 and just 
sort of was a, a rite of passage for me that I was able to go and bet it on my own. I didn't have to give my grandfather money or anything like that. And uh, it always helps that, you know, for your first big boy derby, as I call it, uh, you pick the winner, and I got to treat my friends to dinner that night and just felt like king of the world. So uh, for me, that that's definitely my favorite, just, you know, sharing that experience with friends, picking the winner, and finally, uh, sort of as an adult, being able to, to enjoy the derby as uh, it was meant to be, minus the mint julep since I wasn't 21 yet. But betting was the most important thing to me. Yeah, and mine, uh, mine's kind of a similar story. Mine would be Barbaro because I hit the exact of that year. I was not 18 at the time, but my dad did make the bet for me, and that was easily the most successful I've ever I've ever been uh, betting a, a derby horse. And, and uh, so, everybody, that's the great thing about derbies you have you have lifelong memories, some involving family, and it's kind of a tradition for people. And I remember real quiet. I was just eight years old, and. Uh, so I, I could see why you why you'd like that horse. But thanks so much for joining us, Ed, and uh, Twinspires.com. That app it's a, a must-have for fans going out to Churchill Downs, or if you're not going out and you want to be able to bet the races. Appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, my pleasure. Hope everyone enjoys the race, and looking forward to uh, hashing it out after the fact. And we'll have to hopefully talk to you, maybe uh, to talk about a Triple Crown winner here in a few weeks. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, we'll talk to you. Ed DeRosa, TwinSpires.com. Appreciate him hopping on during Derby Week. Just feel like we've got to talk a little horse racing. Uh, even though, you know, we're kind of we're, we're kind of college sports driven, got to talk a little horse racing uh, being in Louisville. I, I would feel like a bad Kentuckian if I didn't. It's at least but. sports, TJ, opposed to the rest of the time on the sports talk <laughs> where we talk about food and movies. That's true. Sometimes there, I like I like the what we talk about because obviously it's my show and we talk about really whatever I want to talk about. But I know some people don't like the horse racing talk. I know some people don't like the soccer talk when we do that. But it's so funny to me, Trevor. Nobody ever really complains when we talk about goofy stuff. It's because they're probably sitting there and they're just looking at their radio, thinking, "How are these two still alive? Or yet, how do these two people get a job?" That's true. That's true. Uh, That's uh, when when we talked cheesy biscuit. That actually engaged conversation. Nobody got mad. If I were to here to do a a ten or fifteen minute segment on soccer, people would be complaining. But 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 not everyone loves soccer, TJ. Everyone, everyone loves cheesy biscuits. Do you like my Allen Electric? Is the cheesy biscuits of uh, electrical work? I caught it in a glimpse of it in my ear. I was uh, I was connecting with Ed at the time, so I didn't get a chance to listen to it thoroughly. But I did hear you mention Alan Electric and Cheesy Biscuit in the same sentence, and I can't. I mean, that's like mixing chocolate and vanilla together. It's just it's a combination, peanut butter and chocolate as well. It just melts in your mouth. I'm just saying, everybody that ever has a Cheesy Biscuit enjoys it. Everybody that's ever had work done by Alan Electric enjoys it. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 it's just you're satisfied. So uh, I, I'm down for a Cheesy Biscuit contest. Um, if anybody wants to, if you think I can do 25 biscuits, then hop on the bandwagon. If not, then we'll have to wait and see. But, I smell promotion. I say we get a hold of somebody at Red Lobster and we do a show live, the Sports Talker live from a Red Lobster. And we, we just, we, you, me, and we'll bring in uh, we, Captain Arctic. He makes good money. He can fly in from Arizona. We'll get uh, so, some anybody else that wants to join in. And we'll get a little, uh, like, a, like a hot dog eating contest, but instead with Cheesy Biscuits. And you and me will represent the show and the station, and we'll see who can throw down the most. There, do you know what Periscope is, Trevor? Uh, a, a, para, a Periscope? 
The app, Periscope. Oh, no, I don't know. I thought you meant the item itself. No, no, I don't know what Basically, uh, it, it, it makes it so you can live stream any and, – and the amount of people that have now texted or tweeted into the show saying that Cheesy Biscuit's greater than soccer, uh, it's at least five. Um, I disagree. I like both. I would like to eat some Cheesy Biscuits while watching soccer, but – it's it's that's what I'm talking about, Trevor. Some people just they they when we talk about something sports related, they don't like it. Rob Blackhawk says I don't even bother asking you to talk hockey anymore. If I were to talk hockey on here, the numbers would not they they would drop a little bit. People don't like they don't like uh, they don't like hockey. We, we could, so, you could always play a game. Me and uh, John Lewis WDRB during the World Cup played a game. The Yates set up for us where he would give us a name and we had to guess if it was a hockey player or a soccer player. I won, by the way, very closely, but won. Well, that's, that sounds like a fun game. I think I'd actually be okay at that game. You might, uh, but, but not me. I don't pay attention to either sport. <laughs> but Periscope is it, it makes it so you can live stream anything at any time. And I've actually thought about like live streaming my radio show. It'd just be me and Abe, uh, it, 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 so it wouldn't be very fun. But we, if we did the cheesy biscuit eating contest, we would have to Periscope it. Oh, that, that has to be yeah. We, you need a visual to see that because the, the the audio alone just would not be would not make it as it'd be good, but you would almost can't believe it without seeing it. The amount of cheesy biscuits we'll be stuffing in our face. Well, you people who couldn't catch up on it now during the contest because I don't know if that's. I guess that would be allowed. I assume I can't imagine why that would be against any kind of rules. Brun DMC texted in the show and says Red Lobster would make a bigger deal about uh, talking cheesy biscuits than Louisville City FC said about your color common commentary which that kind of cut me deep because it's probably true <laughs> well again you're comparing yourself to cheesy biscuits buddy it's like saying i'm not as good a basketball player as michael jordan you, you, you got you got to you got to set your bar when you do your comparisons but but louisville city fc did ask me to call the game on on saturday night uh but i was i was unable to because i wasn't getting back from Lexington until around kickoff, so I wouldn't have had any time to prepare myself. Uh, but they did ask me to do it again. Uh, Bob Valvano, I think, was co- covering NBA or something, and he's the the regular, and I'm the first backup. So I was unable to do it, which I was kind of bummed about. It's kind of fun to, to do that. Uh, Captain Arctic says that he'll, he will certainly fly in if this contest happens. Uh, we need to see if we can get Red Lobster on board, and uh, we, we can make a nice event out of this. Duke, we if need you're to- listening, get over to Red Lobster right now, and while you're there, pick me up some cheesy biscuits. I I could do twenty five in an hour. I mean, I just I could. I'd feel terrible afterwards. I'd gain a lot of weight. Maybe my life would spiral out of control. But I could do it. Uh, we need to head commercial. I know I've promised to talk recruiting, and I'm going to. I'm going to spend the rest of the show talking recruiting, and maybe maybe make some cheesy biscuits uh, comparisons and some analogies. So stick around. We will be right back here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Wow, that's really loud. Yeah, thanks. Took the restrictor plate off, give the Red Dragon a little more juice. But uh, let's keep that on the down low. It's not exactly street legal. Hey, Mike. 
Well, look, uh, let's get something to eat. There's a red lobster nearby. My tree. Maybe some other time. Shooter, I, I thought we were going to be friends. Oh, we're friends. We are. I just got to go. Okay, well, I'll be at the red lobster in case you change your mind, Shooter. Was, was that a double intro, Trevor? Yes, it was. Okay, because you kind of confused me. I didn't know the red lobster one was coming. <laughs> That's what she said. Well, look, let's get something to eat. There's a red lobster nearby. My tree. Maybe some other time. Shooter, I, I thought we were going to be friends. Oh, we're friends. We are. I just got to go. Okay, well, I'll be at the Red Lobster in case you change your mind, Shooter. God bless. <laughs> we, we can make this happen. I mean, it's going to be slow this summer. We don't have World Cup. I have a new sound drop, by the way, for the show to use. <laughs> let's I go like Red it. Lobster. <laughs> really, I would... I Trevor would... Have Hannah periscope me? I'd go to Red Lobster tonight if I mean if the cheesy biscuits just weren't incredibly unhealthy. Yeah, but it's that's why it's good. Name, name one well, something that's really good that is healthy for you. I, I, yeah, I mean it's tough to do. You'd have to give me some time. Uh, I to, I'll give you all year for if you want. Come to, up with it to be able to figure it out. That's just the only issue. Is is I just knowingly would feel like horse manure after I consumed that many cheesy biscuits. I could do it, but that's that's the point of competition. You know, as Jimmy Dugan once told uh, Gina Davis in A League of Their Own, it's what makes it hard is what makes the glory makes the glory out of it. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Well, I well now you know we've 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 talked about it so much. I could, I could do it. I could do it, and you know what? We're probably going to do it someday. Oh, we're going to do it, all right. Whether whether they're sponsoring us or not, we'll we'll take we'll overtake them like the NWO if we have to. But we're doing it. So, what did you make of Yogi Ferrell returning to Indiana? Uh, I think it's great news for Indiana. I obviously huge news for Indiana. It makes them such a better team. And I was a little bit surprised because I was kind of with you. I know it's Rob. You and him talked about it on Tuesday and. We discussed it kind of briefly here and there in gaps over the last week or so. That the way it was set up, it screamed he was going pro. I mean, you're doing it at you know a a, a nice restaurant, not Red Lobster, but Ruth Chris, and you know, <laughs> you're 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 not doing it on campus. You're making way till it did see it just screamed he was going pro. So when the news leaked Sunday morning, which I guess he was supposed to do it Saturday, and it ended up not leaking till Sunday morning, that uh, he was staying. I was surprised, but. But thrilled for Indiana fans because I think it does give Indiana a, a huge boost next year. Gives you now a senior point guard who's not like we've said in the past. All oh, you bring him back four seniors doesn't matter because all four sucked. Farrell does. Yogi doesn't suck. He's has underachieved slightly maybe with the ap- indications when he came into Indiana, but he's still pretty damn good point guard when he wants to be when he's a little more consistent. And he with that with Blackman, Troy Williams. I mean, you add Thomas Bryant, the big guy that they desperately lacked from this team alone. Kareem's got no excuses next year not to at least be a Sweet 16 or bus contender. Well, I think it's huge, huge for Indiana, and I'm surprised, I agree, for the the exact same reasons that you said. I think Indiana's legit top 15, if not a top 10 team, and and I'm not saying just a Sweet 16. I think they need to get to the Elite Eight this year at least. Uh, here's the big question: Is is Tom and Br- Thomas Bryant as good as advertised, and ha- and can he 
can he handle the pressure of being the guy down low for Indiana? Uh, can he do it night in and night out? Because he hasn't had to experience something like that yet, and, and he hasn't gone against the competition that he's going to go on go against in the Big Ten, uh, which should, I think, be the best conference in basketball next year because of a lot of important returns. And yeah, Maryland got pretty damn good, too, over the offseason. Maryland got good. Michigan State's going to be much improved in their Final Four team. Uh, Wisconsin, obviously, is going to take a step back. Michigan's going to be uh, much, much better. Indiana should be better. Uh, Ohio State, despite losing D'Angelo Russell, I think should probably be better overall. Um, it should be a, a better. It should just be a better conference. I think Illinois will be a little uh, a, a more improved. Maybe not. I don't know if there's one true title contender, with the exception of maybe Maryland last year. I guess there was just Wisconsin, uh, but I, I think across the board, it should be a better a better conference. And Indiana is going to be in the conversation to be able to win the Big Ten. Uh, you can get them. Uh, at Bovada, twenty-five to one to win the title. I don't know if that's necessarily that bad of a bet, Trevor, uh, because you've got Yogi, who's experienced, crafty, can score, great for himself, really, really good three-point shooter. You got James Blackman, who could be one of the better three-point shooters in college basketball next year. Uh, you add in Troy Williams to the mix. It's a, it's they're obviously probably not going to be great, but now you, you. You recognize a big weakness at the five position. You're going to rebounding is not going to be as big as concern. You're going to be able to defend the interior a little bit better than you were last year. Twenty five to one is pretty good value in my opinion. If you're if you're looking for a long shot bet, yeah, I would put some money on that. The, the one thing that does worry I me, mean, you kind of brought up his defense. I mean, while they do have everything I love about putting money on a championship contender in terms of an experienced backcourt in college basketball. And, or in perimeter game, for that matter, if you count Troy Williams as well. He's never been a guy, especially, I, 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 maybe I can think back, maybe Marquette teams played better defense than I remember. But it, since he's been in Indiana, aside from the very beginning when that team was, those teams were just crap, they couldn't stop or score. But since he's been a little bit more competitive with his early recruiting classes, defense has been the problem. It was their problem with that those Cody Zeller teams and even Victor Oladipo teams, who was even as good as he was a one-on-one defender, as a team, they struggled defensively, and it's been their biggest over the hump and rebuild from those, the departure of those guys. IU will be very good next year. Same for UNC. Both teams stacked with good players. I agree. I, I think it's uh, – and we don't know exactly who Kentucky's going to get next year. I think if you let me have UNC, Kentucky, Duke, I, I guess probably Maryland, it, I I would say maybe Virginia. I think if you gave me those five teams, uh, no, I'm, I don't know if I'm completely sold on on Virginia. Virginia, so I'm gonna probably leave them out. But if you gave me, like I said, you and who was the other one that I said? But well, I can't. Indiana, I assume, since that was the beginning. No, no. I, I again, I don't know if I'd want to put Indiana in this in this conversation. Um, who was the other one that I just said? Well, you you, you said them, but you, you backed off on them, which was Virginia. Hey, I'm Brian Clark. Oh, and we've got that play. Brian Clark. <laughs> it won't stop. Glad Brian Clark could 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 punch in. Uh, but I, I do think Kentucky, Duke, UNC, those two um, are going to be very, very uh, – those three, I think, are going to be likely to be able to possibly win a title next year. Uh, Oklahoma, Virginia, Indiana – Michigan State, some of those teams, Kansas, they're on the next tier. Um, but it, it, it's going to be, I think this past year there were only about 
three to four teams that realistically could have won the title. I think next year could really be 10 or 12, which is, should make March a lot more exciting, a lot more fun. Uh, but I easier said than I'll say why after these commercial breaks. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Well, look, let's the jobs are nearby. Oh, I just got to go. Okay, well, I'll be at the Red Lobster in Casey Chase. God bless. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. <laughs> We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. And it's late April, just a few weeks ago, the 2015 national champion was crowned. But Trevor, how many teams would you feel comfortable giving me in in terms of I would get those teams, you would get the field in predicting next year's national champion? You can pick anybody you want in your in your group of teams that I give you. And how many teams are you going to let me pick among the amongst those anybody's? Three. So you'd only feel comfortable giving away three? I'm not even, you know, be honest with you, I'm going to only guess, yeah, I'll say three to be safe, but I almost feel better with two. You, I just, that's because. I, I just, I don't think next year's going to be t- the type of year. Now, obviously, I think UNC should be, rightfully so, the, the favorite, uh, assuming that they don't have a postseason ban next year. But if I had uh, given you three this year, you would have gone probably Kentucky-Wisconsin-Duke. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that would have been your three picks. Yeah, it would have been. That would have been uh, mine. Well, Kentucky- Kentucky and Duke certainly would have been the conversation. I might, I may have taken Arizona over Wisconsin. Okay, I could see that, but you, but point being is that you would have had your national champion in two of the three, two of the four final four teams. I'm not saying you could do predicted that easily for next year, but as we get closer to the season, you start seeing where some of the pieces fall, especially with all the grad transfers. Even though most of them are starting to clear out the smoke, I, yeah, I think yes, three. I think uh, it's hard beyond three. It's, it, I mean, it, it's hard to pull out somebody randomly out of that. I mean, usually you can know your three best teams going into a year. You can go that far back as even before last year. If I gave you three teams every year, how how many times of those three teams would have probably won a national title? You probably would have knocked it out of the park over the last eight or nine years. Maybe not I, Maybe not the UConn years. I'll give you that. Those two would have slid through. Yeah, and I, I, think, I do think this next season is going to be a bit more uh, – there will be some parity – but I, I, if I had to pick, if you gave me three teams, again, I'd go North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, and I'd feel pretty good about my chances of winning one. Um, and then that next tier, again, you have Maryland, you probably have Kansas, you probably have Oklahoma, you probably have Virginia, Indiana, probably a few more uh, in that in that category. Um, I, I'm, I'm high on Duke again next year. I know that not, not everybody else is, uh, but I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be really solid next year. Uh, but we'll see. But what will Kentucky's roster look like? What will their team look like? 
I already have Isaiah Briscoe, Scalabissier, Charles Matthews signed, and it's been it's been a while uh, since those guys signed. It seems like a lifetime. You'll have Brandon Ingram late at 6 p.m., so just about short 30 minutes after. Uh, he, if I if if I were if I had a choice and I could pick just one of the people left, he'd be my pick because I think he's the one that would fit in best with this UK team. He'd be on the receiving end of some unbelievable Tyler Ulis and Isaiah Briscoe passes. Uh, he'd probably lead UK in points, just would be a phenomenal player. Uh, as you have it, it, all the talk is about Duke, and that's another reason why I think they're going to be really good because now he's going to be on the end of Derek Thornton's passes, who's also a phenomenal passer. Uh, so that leaves Czech Diallo, Jalen Brown, Michael Mulder, and Thon Maker. Jalen Brown supposedly eliminates UCLA. That doesn't hurt UK's chances. Uh, all the scuttlebutt with Jalen Brown lately. You've been hearing a lot about Michigan. Uh, but I've also heard now that Kentucky feels maybe a little bit better. And I've been, again, very adamant about UK not landing Jalen Brown. That should be your your insight that he's going to go to Kentucky because of how sure I've I've been that he wouldn't be. But here's the thing. As, as, as When recruitments go on throughout, things change very quickly in a recruitment. And, and kids can, I mean, you have to go back to when you were 16 and 17 years old. Things can change for you just like that. So if we look at this timeline on Jalen Brown, it goes back to the first time I interviewed him in Indianapolis last May, and he was incredibly high on Kentucky. I loved everything about UK. Uh Kenny Payne went and visited his family on Easter um, and just nothing but good vibes. I, I talked to a lot of players, parents on his AAU team, somebody really close to Jalen Brown that said he's going to Kentucky. Uh, he's a Wildcat. I, I, it's just a matter of time. Jalen Brown talked about how much he hated recruitments and he wanted to get it over with. At that time, UK's trending. Again, nothing but positive vibes. Well, if he wants to end it soon, the pick's going to be Kentucky. Then he goes to a lot more Adidas camps. He he, uh, go pretty much every marquee Adidas event that there was last summer. He played in, starred in, and Adidas maybe got his their claws into him a little bit. Kentucky's not Adidas. Things go on. The recruitment goes on. Kentucky starts planning this Bahamas trip, having ten guys that are going to play. Uh, no star is going to be able to score or average twenty five points a game for Kentucky. It's a, a, a selfless team. Jalen Brown starts hearing more about as he goes on and not, not deciding to commit somewhere. Uh, he starts hearing the negatives about all these schools. There's a lot of people that don't like Kentucky out there. He starts hearing about that. He starts hearing about John Calipari's reputation. Uh, he starts hearing about how he goes to Kentucky. He's just going to not have a chance to shine. So then Kentucky, the vibes start to cool a little bit. Then he invites... UNC and Michigan into his recruitment. You know, who does that unless you aren't satisfied with your other choices? Then the McDonald's All-American game quotes come where he talks about Kentucky like it's an ex-girlfriend, uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend that went their separate ways and, and have nothing but nice things to say about each other but just not meant to be together. So then you have that. But now it could go on to a point, Trevor, where nobody came back for UK. The three positions just staring him in the face. There are shots to be had. There's a lot of scoring to be had. Kentucky maybe gets a sense of desperation. 
that could certainly be the case now where Kentucky surges a bit, and you can never really truly count out John Calipari for a recruit. I just heard enough things, and a few of those things coming straight from Jalen Brown's mouth to make me think that he's never going to go to Kentucky. But things can change. And I'll say this, I think the quieter this recruitment is, maybe the better for Kentucky. Let John Calipari work under the scenes. TJ, well, you've I'm, probably forgotten more about recruiting than I will know. I will agree with one thing you said in that entire rant that sticks out completely with me. Never count out John Calipari in recruiting. That's true. You, that's, I think that's, that, that's a drop-the-mic sentence right there when you, in, in your point. It's just drop it, boom. Let's go, Abe. Let's go outside. I, I think a lot of Kentucky fans have kind of forgotten about that. Don't count him out. And I, I saw him at the Nike EYBL. Which, first off, how unbelievable is it that, Trevor, he watched an 8 a.m. game in 8 a.m.? Yeah, I think it was 8 a.m., maybe 9 a.m. No, 8 a.m. game in Indianapolis. He was still out that game around 9 to 9.15. And then he was back in Lexington, sitting courtside watching Malik Monk, another recruit, at 11 o'clock. Now, I get that he obviously flew. Potentially took a helicopter, but definitely probably flew a plane. How could you possibly, even in like Lexington traffic, you can't get to the airport to where KBA is in, it, it takes at least 20 minutes. And that's hit, That's getting the lights. Well, you don't need lights when you have a police escort like John Calipari, I'm sure. I doubt he had a police escort. You don't know that. I d- you're right, I don't, but I doubt it. You have no, and I know who Blake Monk is, by the way, he gets really good on the 2K15 draft classes. Uh, is, He's unbelievable. Is it, is it, I, I talk about him a little bit. Is it me, or has this been? And I know it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous to say because Kentucky has Labissier number one, and they have Briscoe's in top ten of the rivals one fifty already locked up. But I guess because they signed in, or during the season, or they committed during the season, this is, seems like the quietest off season that has happened at Kentucky since Calipari's been there. Well, because there's so much uncertainty about it. You don't I, they're but every year, you, there's all, you, you know names. You go, okay, we know we're going to get this guy. We're getting this guy. Now, and maybe it's because the newness is worn off of the two recruits that you do have coming in. No destruct to mass. You still three recruits. But there's, like you said, uncertainty, and there's just no confidence in your voice or even the other UK fans' voices I hear about locking in another one of the big guys, i.e. Uh, Diallo, Ingram, Brown, or, or Maker. No disrespect to Mulder, by the way. I'm not saying he's not a big guy, but he's, he is – lower down the totem pole that Kentucky fans are used to. And, and Mulder is finishing up his visit. I, I imagine it's probably finished at this point. Um, I, I'm sure he's probably heading back home maybe as we speak. Uh, I still expect him to commit to Kentucky unless, I guess, if Kentucky maybe just got a string of commitments from Ingram and Brown in the next few days. I doubt that happens, by the way. Uh, but I, Mulder I still expect to commit and I think could be a solid player for Kentucky. Uh, but Thon Maker, again, he's going to be a guy that's going to reclassify probably in December and be around for the second semester. He'd he'd be some he'd be he'd bring some added depth. I, again, I don't think Kentucky fans should plan on that. Uh, it, it seems that Wait a minute, he, so whoever gets him only gets him for half a year if he reclassifies. Correct. That's kind of weird if you ask me, but I, I, again, I don't know anything about recruiting, so. 
Correct. Uh, but, you know, it'd probably be better than not having him at all. I, I, it would certainly hurt his development, though, and he wouldn't be nearly as significant of a player or have as significant of a role if he had enrolled in the in the summer or at least by the fall. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think Kentucky fans shouldn't really worry about him at this time. So, Jalen Brown, I, I, again, I don't think he ends up at Kentucky, but it's crazy to completely rule him out. Brandon Ingram, I, I expect him to go to Duke. I think UK gets Mulder. Diallo is the big question mark. He seems to be down to St. John's, Kansas, Kentucky. Was going to announce last week uh, something changed. I don't know if that's a good thing for Kentucky. I don't know if it's a bad thing for Kentucky. Something changed, and now he's looking to announce maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, sometime this week. I, I think he might be waiting for Ingram's decision a little bit, uh, which would certainly, I think, help Kentucky's chances if that actually was true. They do play different positions. Ingram could play a four, play the four in a pinch, where Diallo will play the four, maybe some five. Ingram, I, I think, will be more of a three. But maybe he's waiting for that, or maybe he just doesn't know. Well, that would eliminate St. John's if that was the case for, for Diallo, wouldn't it? Because I don't think St. John's is on Ingram's list, and he's, list and he's worried about matching playing time. I'm assuming that would mean uh, Chris Mullins' uh, uh, SOL on that big recruit. Yeah, and it, that 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 would mean that. And I've heard it's so funny in this recruitment. I've, I've heard so many different things about Diallo. It's kind of the opposite of it, Diallo's recruitment's quiet, but I think coaches, assistant coaches, are talking a little bit, and that's why some more news is getting out. Where on the Brown stuff, we're not really hearing anything. Uh, the fact that UCLA was eliminated probably means one of the UCLA's coaching staff leaked that to somebody, but. With Diallo, I've heard that St. John's was out, that they weren't, didn't have a chance. They made that last desperation visit, and it actually helped. It actually had them Diallo reconsidering possibly staying home. Uh, but, but I have heard a lot that it is down to Kentucky and Kansas. He wanted to see which players were going to stay, which ones were going to go. He was kind of leaning Kansas, but now there might be more playing opportunities at Kentucky. So we'll see. I, I, I still just don't get the vibe that Kentucky leads for any of these guys, and that doesn't mean that, with the exception of Michael Mulder, but that doesn't mean they can't end up with one. That doesn't mean something can't change. So we'll have to certainly keep the our, our eyes on that. But John Calipari seemed in good spirits for uh, as much as a coach could seem in good spirits. Uh, he he was all smiles, was taking pictures with kids. Laughing it up with fans, doing this and that. So, Captain Arctic tweets in and says that uh, you must have some good news because I'm not sure UK is a top 10 team without one more player. I disagree. I still think UK's five, even if they don't land anybody else with the exception of Mulder, is really, really good. I do. I, I, I think a lineup of having... Briscoe, Euless, Poitras, who shouldn't probably be playing the three, but in terms of best five sake, he would be. Lee and Lobissier is as good as a starting five out there. Now it's when you get into the bench that Kentucky could have some problems. But I, I think Kentucky is just one more guy away from being a legitimate top three team. I'm really high on Euless and Briscoe. And it was cool seeing those guys at the Nike EYBL. 
pretty much everybody but the Harrison twins and Carl Towns uh, showed up at the Nike UIBL. You had Tyler Ulis. You had Marcus Lee and Alex Poitras. Marcus Lee is, you know, there's there's some stuff that I, I, I can't say, not that it's super secretive information or anything like that, but he is unbelievably hyped about the chance of uh, getting to prove himself in significant with significant minutes next year. You don't have Gonzaga in your top five? No, no love for the Wiltshire Beast? Oh, the old Wiltshire Beast. No, no love for, for them. I didn't think they were very good last year. They'll be better this year, obviously, but I don't think they're a serious threat to win the title. They do lose everybody in their backcourt, though, so even though they bring back the whole front court, there will be possibly some hiccups for uh, Gonzaga. Josh Perkins is a guy at Gonzaga that was a really fun recruit for me to watch, and he loved Kentucky. He's one of those guys that always had Kentucky on his list, although UK never offered. Uh, and a fun guy to talk to, fun family, but uh, ended up going to Gonzaga. Really, really good passer, so I'm sure he'll get a more significant role. Uh, but it was fun to watch this next crop of talent. I can't wait till I can just turn my entire attention, Trevor, on the 2016 class and put the 2015 class behind me. By focusing uh, on 2016, you mean 2016 and possible 17 reclassifications. Exactly. That's a good point. And the class 2017 is going to be really good, too. So I wouldn't doubt if there were some reclassifications. Uh, there's this guy in 2017, Trevor, named Wendell Carter, uh, who's really, really good. He's power forward, really physical, can score, loves to play defense, uh, kind of not a dirty player, but very physical player. The Probably one of the best talkers I've ever talked to. And this guy's a sophomore in high school. I know about Mr. Wendell. Rest, the rest of the development taught me all about Mr. Wendell. He's a man, one of the, not a man like you and me. One of the better talkers I've talked to. Uh, fun, engaging. Didn't really know a lot about his recruitment because his recruitment's just kind of now starting. Um, he said, "What school? What school do you think he wanted to hear from the most, Trevor?" Uh, I, I'm going to say Kentucky because of the atmosphere of the show that we're on. Uh, that's that's a, good, that's a nice way to put it. Uh, but no. He wanted to hear from Harvard the most. That's the school he, he hoped would call him. He's got a 3.9 GPA. He said he's working his tail off to get it to a 4.0, but it's incredibly hard. Uh, says he's a nerd, a geek. He'll take, he'll take stuff apart at the house just to see if he can put it back together. Uh, spent more time talking about his school. Uh, unprovoked. We didn't really ask him about it, but that's okay. Uh, he spent more time talking about his school in, in Atlanta than his recruitment, just telling us how hard a school was and how he didn't really even have that much time to focus on his recruitment. Sometimes couldn't even focus on basketball because of schoolwork, but a really, really talented kid, really good kid, um, was really high, you know, said a lot of nice things about Kentucky. Also said a lot of nice things about Duke. This is probably going to be a kid that unfortunately will end up at Duke. Loves education, really smart, Probably will end up at Duke, unfortunately. He might go to Harvard. He might earn that Harvard tie in like Billy Ray Valentine. Anyway, I, one of these days that's going to happen where a five-star is going to to go to a place like Harvard. Uh, he would just absolutely dominate the Ivy League. Would you if, if that does happen? And I guess Stanford, I mean, obviously has a high education level. Uh, you know, So there's North, Notre Dame. I was going to say North Carolina, but we, we know how their standards can be when it comes to education in the last couple of years. Uh, do you, if you saw that happen, would you be like, okay, that's cool, that's awesome. Somebody wants to get education and play basketball, 
Or would you automatically think the, the, the lesser of the dirty thing going, the Harvard must be cheating. They've got to be doing something bad now. I would not, I would not think that Harvard. Even, even if the kid has a 4.0 GPA. I, mean, I would not think that Harvard's cheating. I, I would think that there's a kid that uh, wants to be different, maybe in a little sense wants attention, but more so really wants a good, a, a good academic experience. But, but Harvard can't. Uh, they don't. They're not allowed to offer athletic scholarships. If I'm not mistaken, correct? Don't Ivy League schools are they permitted to, uh, from offering athletic scholarships? I don't think they're. I don't think so. You don't I think don't think so. They, they're not I, allowed, or you don't. Think I don't them? think that they're allowed to offer academic scholarships, but athletic. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, athletic. That, yeah, they're. I'm pretty sure they're allowed to offer academics. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, but no, athletic. You're right. My bad. Um, but he's. And this is another sad thing. Kind of talking to all these different kids. Duke is without a doubt kind of the flavor of the of the month. That's the cool school. That's who everybody brought up. Uh, a year ago, it was Kentucky. Two years ago, it was Kentucky. Everybody was bringing up Duke and their recruitment now. I'm looking at Wendell Carter's recruiting list, and it's, Duke sticks out like a sore thumb amongst Auburn, Georgia, Kent State, and Texas A&M. Uh, he's a guy from the South, so right now, it, it, I wouldn't read too much into that, but Kentucky will be in on him. Everybody will be in on him. Uh, but I, I would guess that he ends up at Duke, would be in my opinion. Malik Monk, Kentucky fans, should put at the top of their wish list for 2016. Unbelievable. Uh, there was just several times where he'd, he'd hit back-to-back threes. Uh, there was one game where he started off the game hitting three threes in a row, and all of them just looked perfect. Uh, an unbelievable shooter. I I don't really even know who to compare him to. John Calipari compared him. Said, he, Malik Monk said that John Calipari compared him to Derrick Rose. I think that would actually probably be the worst comparison you can make from the old Calipari guys. It, it really is a, a Brandon Knight-John Wall hybrid. And for as crazy as that sounds, it's true. Malik Monk is awesome. Uh, recruitment will likely come down to Kentucky and Arkansas, but he's one that UK fans should want, hope for, wish for in 2016. Uh, watching all these guys, I didn't get enough time to talk about it. I'll do it tomorrow. I promise. Well, less time about cheesy biscuits, more time about basketball recruiting tomorrow. Uh, but he, he's, a, he's a great player. I think we, should let, we should let the fans decide on which it's more of a discussion topic tomorrow. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Udoka Udoka has a Buki, uh, a 2016 big guy. The big guy, the big guys in 2016, not not an incredibly deep class of big guys. I know his uh, name too, thanks to the fantasy draft of 2K15 on NBA. <laughs> but as a Buki's great. He he was telling us a story about how he broke a rim one time, just broke a rim in two two pieces. Didn't break the backboard, didn't break the rim off, but just part of the rim that he dunked on just snapped, uh, which is crazy to think about. Saw a lot of VJ King, interviewed him, Trevor. He seemed very high on Louisville. Going to officially visit Louisville May 19th. Um, his, I, I kind of get the vibe from his dad that he likes Kentucky a lot. I get the vibe from VJ he likes Louisville a lot. Those two schools high on his list. Nick is in here prepping for his show. Maybe he'll bring up a little VJ King talk in the next 90 minutes. He didn't have the best weekend. Uh, it wasn't the best I've ever seen him play, but he was also playing a lot of five for his team, uh, and he's like a six-seven wing, so he should never be playing center. He played mostly four, and he probably really shouldn't be playing four, but uh, played some five for his team. So not not probably didn't have the weekend that he was hoping for. Still solid, uh, but he he's a good player, and he'll he'll make um, one coach very happy in 2016. Now whether it's Rick Pitino, John Calipari, or somebody else, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, fun weekend in Lexington. Always fun to see all those coaches around. We're running out of time. Cheesy biscuit time. 
Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more recruiting. We'll talk Brandon Ingram. I expect him to go to Duke, but we shall see. Uh, thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. It's Derby Week, everybody. Seven, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of tone. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you.